You know, my childhood fascination is to learn about people. I started this channel to share stories of different people, their education background, their career journey, their goal setting process, and how they dream to become something and then became uh, following uh, uh, whatever execution process that they have followed. In today's interview, you will learn about Larry Sargent Jr., his education background, his internship that he'd done during the college, his first job to the current job at Advent Health, what inspired him, how he find himself, who he is. From there, he went to acquire skills and experience in multiple companies to finally land at Advent Health that matches not only the skills but the value system. He recently shared a story where he helped his family members um, to set goals. He said, we're not going to do resolution, we're going to do goals. And then he coached each one of his family members to achieve their goal. Um, the funny part of the story is everyone but him achieved their goal and now his family is helping him to achieve his goal. So without any further delay, let me introduce Larry. I wanted to start with your education background. I was, I finished my high school uh, education at uh, Lato High School in Tampa, Florida. Uh, having done my first two years at Hillsborough High School in Nashville, Tennessee, finished that uh, that education, the high school diploma. But I, even though I wanted to go to college, I wasn't quite ready to go uh, at 18. And so uh, I wanted to work a little bit more and, and get some money and just kind of know what that feels like. Uh, and so I worked for about a year. Uh, I worked at a bank and I did some odd jobs on the side. I even did some babysitting uh, of kids who were a little bit older and I collected all my money. Uh, and once I received my acceptance uh, to Florida a and I went to uh, Florida a and in 1991 and left in 96. Uh, it took me five years because I was paying uh, as I go, uh, as I, I went through. Uh, and so, yeah, so finished off in 96 August, and then I went right into corporate America in October. When you were doing a schooling, what do you wanted to become? <sighs> well, I actually didn't really know. Um, my father asked me that question, I think when I was 13. And I said, well, you know, dad, I can play an instrument. Um, I have good communication skills. I love math. I like my computer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at sports. And so I was, so I flipped a question on him and I said, Hey, what, what should I be? And so this was like 80, this was like 86 maybe. Uh, and he said, well, you know, Larry, the hardest and highest job in the United States is the president of the United States. So whatever you do, make sure you always qualify to be the president of the United States. And then it doesn't really matter if you miss it. Uh, so you aim for that really high target. And if you don't become president, you can become president of your own company, president of existing company, a senator, a congressman. You know, so if you go a little low, uh, lower than that, it, it should be okay. And uh, so I really, we never really had any more discussion uh, about it. Uh, but it wasn't until I got until high school 
that I saw a list of careers and job opportunities. And, and they listed, um, you know, if you have a good uh, grades in math or you are your strong SAT score in math, uh, here are some uh, jobs that you might be interested in. And they, interestingly enough, they had uh, the salary, the yearly salary right there in, in, the, in the row. I looked at computer programmer and it was like 35K. And I was like, hey, that's more than I make right now. So when I go to college, I'm going to major in computers. And that's literally how I how I made that decision. Your first job was McDonald's at 16. And then what happened next? So um, I went, I did McDonald's for just that year. Uh, I also worked uh, as a uh, bagger at a grocery store. Uh, I want to say that was um, uh, Cash and Carry back when Cash and Carry was a, a, a grocery store in Tampa. Uh, then I worked at Sunbank. Uh, I was a tell teller. Uh, so what was your age during this time, Larry? Oh, this was all 16 through 18. Uh, okay. 18 okay. and 19. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then when I got to college, I did internships uh, for two reasons. One, because uh, I was uh, in my dad's organization, Inroads, and they did internships. And so that was kind of their value system. Hey, the best way to prepare yourself for the job in the future is to do internships while you're getting your education in college. So I did four internships. I did an internship every summer um, while I was at Florida A&M, and they varied. The first one I did was the Soil Conservation Service, uh, which was part of the United States Department of Agriculture. Uh, and that was in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Sorry, I had to think about that. Um, then I did a second one with Cargill, and Cargill is a uh, trading company, and so they trade the world's grain, uh, and that was in Minnesota. Uh, then I did a, a second internship with Cargill in Tampa, and then my last internship was with Eli Lilly and Company, and subsequently after I finished that uh, internship, they offered me an opportunity to work there. Uh, and so that's, so when I went back for my uh, last year at Florida A&M, I had, uh, you know, I already had the job in hand. I just had to finish, you know, my coursework, uh, and then I could go on uh, to the corporation. The one thing I, I would say, because I'm looking at your title of, of wisdom, is that I had I not had I known, but if someone had pulled me aside and asked me the question again, what do I want to do in college? I would have said, you know, I really don't know but I'm on a train and I'm not sure how I can get off of it, right? I, I had a major, you know, I had grades, I'd done internships, you know, I really didn't, I really didn't kind of figure out what I was good at, um, what I was passionate about and what people would pay me for uh, until literally the end of my first job at Eli Lilly and Company. Um, I, I left the company and, you know, I was in the process of moving my stuff back to Tampa from uh, Indianapolis. And um, they had a career center there. And in the career center, uh, I took a number of tests to determine, you know, whether or not I was introverted or extroverted, whether or not I was more people focused or more task focused. Uh, and they, they did kind of the Myers-Briggs thing, and that generated a list of items that, uh, or jobs that I might be good for. And one of them was uh, being an entrepreneur. Well, I never had any programming or taste of being a, a business owner. I didn't even know how to do that. But there were things on there that kind of confused me, like lawyer and, you know, public speaker and just, you know, these kind of things. And I was like, you know what? 
I, I never have really thought about kind of doing those things. Um, but one thing I did notice is a lot of those jobs were very people focused and people intense, intense. And so what I decided to do, uh, because I was I was heavily into technology, was kind of curve my IT career to being in a position where I could work more with people and less with uh, technology. And it was a little scary because, you know, I, you know, I had a pretty good resume. I did C, C++. I was good with a lot of the rational tools that are now owned by IBM. Uh, you know, so I, and I was deep into configuration management and uh, creating the build and uh, automating bills for developers and stuff like that. And so, um, but I had to be very honest was that wasn't the most fulfilling part of the job. The most fulfilling part of the job was coming together as a team, organizing everybody and, and moving forward to get uh, projects done. And so um, if I were to advise people or younger people now, even as early as high school, is to kind of figure out those circles, right? Uh, what you are good at, uh, what you are passionate about, and then what people will pay you for, and do some investigation into uh, who you are as a person and, and what your uh, strengths and skills, or even just your personality type is like, because that can guide you towards um, getting into a career that will be a, a little more fulfilling and, and kind of towards your bent, like towards towards you. Um, I think Tony Dungy was right and he wrote a book uh, called Uncommon that he understands that as a coach working with football players that sometimes football players make a decision to go after a contract with another football team because the amount of money they're going to get is huge, right? Like maybe you're making $10 million with the current company, current yeah. football team you're in, and then another another team is going to offer you 50. You know, he understands that, but he said, as, as crazy as it's going to sound, I'm going to make sure you read this, right? You shouldn't always choose a job just because the money is good, right? There are more things to the the journey and the path and life that you're on than just making ridiculous sums of money and when i first read that i had no belief in that i thought that was heretic that was that was that was crazy <laughs> but now getting older i'm like mm, there's some wisdom there's definitely some wisdom larry honestly i'm still trying to figure out what excites me most i have enjoyed each and every job that i have done whether it was a programming whether it was managing people project management or uh, what i do now with activation, telling a story, like telling a story about you, um, what I'm doing right now, learning about you and translating that in a story that other people will hear. I'm blessed that I can do this and, mm -hmm. and I'm enjoying it. We reached to your first job uh, and uh, from there to Advent Health, what all happened, Larry? Oh, wow, that's a lot. Uh, so <laughs> uh, when I arrived at Eli Lilly, it was 96. And I left in 2000, uh, so I was there four years. Uh, and then from there, I worked as a consultant as well as um, you know several different uh, opportunities to work at different companies. I mean, there were a lot. Um, um, in one capacity or another, uh, as a configuration manager, release manager, or project manager, uh, I worked at probably five or six different companies because uh, every couple of years, uh, somebody would call me and say, hey, we'll offer you $10,000 more or we'll offer you this new location or this new package or give you exposure to this technology. So I was trying to really build my resume. So I didn't stay long at any company. I was probably two to four years at a company and then I, I moved on to something else. 
because I had made a decision after working at Lilly that I wasn't interested in pursuing um, uh, career growth in terms of becoming like a manager or a director or a vice president. I, I didn't have those aspirations. Uh, what I wanted to do was work with a great group of people on a team and then be able to do something as a part of that team. And so project management put me in the best position to do that. But I think that was also good because, uh, you know, I just started a family. I got married in 2001 and my first kid came in 2004. So I was also, you know, becoming uh, learning to become a husband and become a dad, you know, houses, cars, you know, kind of those things were happening as well as my career was going on. Um, I think the age from 20 to 40 uh, represents the busiest time in everybody's life. Uh, and so uh, it, in all that busyness, um, my career aspirations didn't get lost, but again, I was trying to bend all this IT um, experience into a more people focus or people front uh, forward role versus the, the role that I had in the uh, strong technology and application development. Um, so it would be 2019. So that 18 year period where I had all these different experiences uh, and that helped me uh, get to Advent Health and only to find out that Advent Health was probably the company I would have wanted to start with <laughs> because of the value system of the company. Uh, I did not become a follower of Jesus Christ until I was 25. So that puts me at about 1997. And it was at that point that I realized that, you know, the value system that I had now, I, I needed to find that someplace and if it meant that I had to go through several different companies, uh, then I would do that. So I'm trying to do two curves. The first curve is trying to get my career towards my uh, skill set and then find a company that matches my value set. So I was trying to do both of those things at the same time. And so it, it, it took it took a while. Uh, and then uh, I got here at Advent Health, like I said, in, in 2019. Uh, and really haven't looked back. It's, it's been uh, an awesome journey up until this point. You, you did say that you have done a lot of certification along the way. Um, can you highlight some of those, um, the one that helped you and how did you find that what certification you should be doing? Yeah, that that was that's really good. Um, when I finished with Eli Lilly and company, I took a job in uh, Osmar, Florida with a company called Nielsen Media and Research. And of course they did the TV ratings. Uh, while I was there, they were in a process of heavily investing into their IT people. Uh, and one of the things they wanted us all to be very familiar with were the rules of engagement around doing meetings. And so I got exposed there to a set of training around facilitation management and that uh, helped me uh, take all of my normal and natural uh, people skills and apply it to managing and running meetings. Uh, everything from making sure that I followed up with people and tasks uh, to making sure I got the minutes out, as well as uh, making sure I had all of the participate all of the participants participate and speak in the meetings. Now it sounds really small, but there's a science behind running a meeting. Uh, in fact, I usually take out that uh, facilitative management book and I read it every once in a while just to make sure I'm you know, continuing to do the things that I know uh, will be successful in running uh, meetings. 
and then of course I add my own style to it uh, because that's you know that that's kind of who you are you add your own style to these meetings and so if you're in a meeting with me it should be very different than a meeting with someone else but I still even though we're all uh, remote I still think that uh, having good facilitation management skills making sure that everyone feels that you're in the group and in the um, team together doing a project uh, I think is critical um, in fact I think I was on a call very recently where I said because I'm extroverted and I'm focused on the goal and I'm very competitive and I'm very driven I admire people who can kind of calmly step back and look at uh, look at you know the project and see what is missing uh, and I depend on those people and I look for those people uh, in my meeting because they can they're going to help me and the project team get better and so that was one of the big things that that helped me out uh, the other training that I received I actually went to a seminar with my wife and for the first time um, uh, we were exposed to the teachers of doc teaching of Dr. Rome uh, R-O-M-E and he did the, uh, I think he did the Personality Plus book. And so we went to one of his seminars. And uh, so we both found out that, you know, my wife is more introverted, I'm more extroverted. Uh, and so that that helped us out a lot. And we took that and we went, we got a book called uh, The Love Languages. Uh, I can't remember the author. And so we read that too, because we found out that um, I'm a person uh, who likes affirmation. She's a person who likes acts of service. And that not only helped us understand who we were, but who the other person was and then how to kind of speak their love language. And so we took just those two books. If, if I just took nothing else, the book on love languages and the book on personality types, we actually applied that not to our marriage, but also to our, our raising up of our children. Uh, I would say the other thing that I got was some uh, introduction to project management training. Uh, that was really, uh, really good. I haven't taken the PMP uh, test yet, but I have all the training and all the books and, you know, I've been studying uh, to take the test and hopefully I'll take the test uh, this year. Um, but so that was was key uh, to getting a lot of uh, to, to get where I am now. And like I said, I don't have a, uh, a divider between what I learned in the work at work and what I learned outside of work. If I learn it and I can apply it, I'll apply it to every environment I'm in because I think it'll help me be successful in whatever I'm doing. Um, you know, um, one of the other trainings I received was I took the uh, Dave Ramsey Financial Peace course, uh, and I took that with my wife in 2011, and it was absolutely mind-changing because it brought my wife and I's value system together around how to manage money, and then of course uh, we were able to get out of a lot of debt, uh, with exception of the house. Uh, we were able to take our first missionary trip uh, and we did help some orphans uh, in Jamaica and that was wonderful. Um, gosh, and then we started teaching it. And so then I found that I had kind of another skill set, which was I was really good at uh, not just communicating, but also teaching particularly things that I'm very passionate about or my value system. And so since 2016, I've been teaching uh, very regularly at my uh, church, um, you know, the, the principles uh, according to uh, the Bible, which is uh, what Dave Ramsey is, uh, you know, stating uh, around financial, um, financial, personal financial responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I think, you know, when it's all said and done, that will probably be the thing that I kind of pursue 
uh, if you want to call it a second career or a parallel career, I'll continue to, to do that. I want to jump into uh, something that you are great at is um, the time management, procrastination, how, <laughs> how you handle all that. I heard something that said proper planning prevents poor performance. So if I want to wake up in the morning and work out, I have to make sure my car has gas, uh, I have my clothes laid out or wearing them to bed, uh, and I have to set my alarm. So because I'm uh, spontaneous, if I want to be structured, I have to kind of really spend focused time to, to do that. Um, but procrastination for me is not so much I don't want to do it or I put it off. But what happens to me is I'm heading down a path and then other things come and, and distract me. So distractions are a bigger thing for me, like or I have to do some other things. So other things kind of pull me away from the things that I wanted to do. So I have to learn my thing is I have to learn to be more intentional and prioritize the things that have to be done. Uh, I think I heard Dave Ramsey said there are things that are urgent and there are things that are important. And you have to be able to manage which are the things that are urgent versus the things that are important. Because there's some things that are neither urgent or important and they should never get on your list. <laughs> and there's some things that are important but not urgent and you need to make sure you prioritize them in the right way. So that's the battle I'm fighting. Uh, I wish I was fighting the procrastination battle. That means I knew, I'd know the things I need to do. But uh, the problem is I'm trying to do everything and too much and uh, getting distracted and missing the important stuff that I, that I, I really want to do. Do you make list uh, on paper, on a software? What software do you use? Yeah, I, I definitely have uh, a list. And um, back in the days, I used to have uh, a Franklin planner. And I took this, the Stephen Covey uh, program. And I'm flipping through my notes here to show you my task list. Yeah. I have a task list of things that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do. And um, um, so I kind of use that. I still like to use the paper. I know a lot of people use software and what have you. I use my, on my phone, I keep my calendar events. So we have a family calendar. And so everybody has a phone now. And so we all are adding things to the calendar so we can let each other know where we're going to be, what's important, what needs to be done. But I still use, um, uh, you know, a legal notepad and I have A's and B's. And then I have D's and D's are what I call domestics, meaning all the things that maybe I can do in between meetings or at lunch or something uh, to, you know, I'm at home so I can kind of do some things here. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's really, I still use uh, handwriting, pen and paper. Uh, I, I probably could do something else, but that, that helps me, that helps give me structure. And the real power of it is not waking up in the morning, coming to work or turning on my laptop and building a list. It's at the end of the day, building a list. So when I wake up in the morning and come here, I can just look at my list. Oh, okay, that's right. That's from yesterday. I need to do that, right? That's the real power of having a list. Not the list as you go, but the list at the end of the day where you're trying to kind of sweep everything that you did onto the, to the paper in your mind. Uh, and, and that lets me let work go, right? Because if I don't do that, then at eight o'clock, I'm trying to get on my computer because I'm thinking, you know what? I, I'm sure there was one more task I needed to do. Uh, so that list uh, helps me out a great deal. And, and I still forget things, right? But without the list, I'd be in real bad shape. <laughs>
goal setting, what's your method uh, for the big goal? Or sounding like F. So I have my family responsibilities, my faith responsibilities. I have uh, financial responsibilities, uh, physical fitness responsibilities, and then I have fun and friends, right? So in my world, I try to operate goals in kind of those five areas. Uh, and really, the goal is kind of the last thing. The first thing I want to think about is the strategy, then the tactics, and then the goal, right? Or sometimes maybe the goal and then the tactics, right? Because I need to know the what and kind of the why, and then I talk about the how, and then the goal is really the how plus a date. So I kind of have that stack in my brain. And so uh, as I think about my family, for example, I think about the uh, goals I want to the things I'd like to do with my wife. And the great part about that is I can sit down with her and say, hey, these are things I'm thinking, what are you thinking? And then we can kind of either merge our things together. And it always makes me laugh when we have the same thoughts. So that means good, you know, we're kind of on the same page with some things. But with my kids, I have to push them a little bit. Uh, my oldest one is a little more self-directed as uh, probably he should be. Uh, this is his last year that he's going to college. Uh, but my other two are just kind of like, well, you know, they're kind of more casual. So I kind of have to get them formalized and structured. Financially, you know, I have to make sure I'm supporting my children in their goals and what they want to do. And then making sure, uh, because we sit down a lot at our job, I have to make sure that every day I do some kind of stretching or exercises because that allows me to prolong my uh, ability to do my job and I can be there for my family. So everything is kind of connected. Uh, one of the things I need to get back to do, and again, this is the prioritization thing, is I need to read uh, more books. Uh, there used to be a time when I would read a book a month, um, but not only do I <clears throat> have I not been able to do that recently, you would think during the pandemic I would have done it more, but I think I was just, during the pandemic, it was a panic-demic for me. I didn't <laughs> do, I, I let go of all my, my, my good habits. Um, I need to get back to the reading uh, a book a month. Uh, and it can be about anything. I don't have to have a, a structure like, I like autobiography. Uh, I probably need to read another book on parenting and kids because I can get some different ideas and those into uh, what I'm doing uh, with my children. Um, so yeah, I need to kind of get back to some of that self-improvement stuff uh, that, I, that I used to do. Um, but yeah, my goals are always around those areas. Finding friends, like like Thanksgiving's coming up, so I want to make sure I invite all of my friends who feel comfortable, who've been vaccinated, who don't mind uh, coming over. Uh, you know, my wife and I are going to be celebrating anniversary. Make sure I, I take care of that. You know, just as long as I just I just kind of think around my little circle. Okay, what am I doing with my physical fitness? What, what am I doing with my family? What am I doing with my faith? What am I doing with my friends? And how am I having fun? As long as I stay in that little bubble, uh, I'm good to go. Last two questions, Larry. Sure. How do you see your journey, uh, your career journey so far? You know, it's, it's funny you should say that. I, I feel like I'm not halfway done, but in a lot of ways, I'm kind of getting started. I, that sounds crazy like I, I think like I'm at a, a, a new kind of a beginning or how can I say this a little better so everything has a season right so you have spring summer fall winter and I believe I'm like in the beginning of the fall right uh, and the reason I say that is uh, this is the first time where I'm being invited to weddings and funerals right 
whereas mm -hmm. maybe 10 15 years ago it was all weddings you know all weddings um i'm at the point where i'm seeing the cycle change over right like my kids are graduating from high school and i can think back when i graduated from high school and so um the demands for resources uh for me and my wife or from us are going to start to shrink because my kids are going to be able to get their own resources and do their own thing. And so I want to make sure I support them in their journey. But to be honest with you, there would be no way I could take the knowledge and information I have now and give it to myself at 25 because it wouldn't make any sense. I would be at, at 25, I would ask questions, well, how do you know this and how does this work? And that like, I would have all these questions with the I wisdom and, and stuff that I, I know right now versus now I have the experience of falling down and getting up and you know, dusting myself off and be like, okay, that didn't work. And then trying something else. So I would probably say I'm at the beginning of the fall of this, of this season. And this season for me is about uh, teaching what I know to others and then kind of getting ready to transition to my final career path, which I think will be uh, teaching period. Uh, maybe not in the public school system, maybe not nothing, nothing that formal, but being in a place where I could give back to young people uh, or people my age or people just a little younger than me so they can make different decisions. Last question. What will be your advice to the viewers, my audience, the college student or the people who are in job and uh, want to do more and trying to grow themselves uh, yeah. 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Yeah, so I would first, you have to always go what, go back to the mall, right? Uh, you remember how you would go into the mall and there would be this thing called the directory and on the directory would be that red dot and it would say, you are here, right? You have to be able to understand where you are. If you're in uh, zero to 20, right? You're in, the sun, you're in the spring of your life, right? You're responsible for getting education, exposures and experience. But the education you have to get is in two parts. You have to learn about the world around you, so all the classes you're taking, and you have to learn who you are, right? Because if you have one, meaning the college degree or the high school diploma, but you don't know who you are and what you can do, what your talents and skills and ability, you're actually handicapped, right? Because you don't know how to apply that according to uh, your skills and talents. So you need both things. You need to have a firm understanding of who you are and a firm understanding of what you've learned in terms of high school and your exposure and stuff like that. Now, if you're in the next phase, 20 to 40, uh, this is kind of like the most busiest time of your life because you're finishing up your education or you're going back for more. Uh, you're probably starting a new job. You probably made decisions about whether or not you want to get a spouse. You're probably having kids, new car, new house. I mean, it just kind of comes at you. Right. Uh, and then if you're involved in ministry or activism or you're climbing the corporate America, climbing the corporate ladder, I mean, you're starting your own company. There's a lot of things that happen between 20 and 40 and you have opportunities to travel and just do uh, great things. Again, you got to go back to that piece. Who are you? Who what's important to you? What's your value system? And then what are your talent, skills and abilities? That is key. Um, our, our brothers and sisters in Egypt wrote everywhere they could, know thyself, know thyself, right? Uh, the Greeks said, to thy own self be true. I mean, you got to find that out uh, because that is the information, remember, information age. 
that's the information that will allow you to make decisions. So you'll be able to look at opportunities and say, okay, this one says I can be a lawyer. This one says I can be an accountant, right? I really don't like numbers. So maybe I want to go the lawyer path, right? They both pay good money. You know, maybe I want to start my own business and I'm content with maybe having a small business, right? I don't have to have a corporation, but I like coming to work every day. I like being my own boss and I like creating a great product or service and giving it to people. Man, if you know that about yourself, then you need to pursue that, right? Uh, because it's, 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 it's depressing. Uh, and I think even um, David Oakley said something to be in a job that takes from you uh, you know, or that doesn't give you energy. You need to be in a situation where the job gives you energy or leaves you neutral. And then there are other things in your life that give you energy and, and help you uh, stay positive and uh, get a lot of fulfillment. So in that 20 to 40 space, uh, not having strong knowledge of who you are will slow you down or handicap you. Uh, and it will, uh, you know, cause you maybe to make decisions that you might not have made had you known about who you were. Um, I had a friend say this, you want to find the sweet spot between um, what you are good at, what you're passionate about, and what people will pay you for. If you figure out where those three lines come together or those three circles come together, you're in great shape. What's your, what's your advice for me? Uh, people <laughs> at 40 to 60, you didn't say anything about them. <laughs> well, well, I'm in that group. <laughs> We will figure it together. <laughs> we'll figure it out together, yeah. So so I, I think for me, um, um, I, I know that, you know, I'm not uh, trying to be, you know, David Oakley or trying to be Duncan. That That's not the, the goal uh, for me. Uh, and I knew that a long time ago. So let me share my last story. And, and I think this will, this will sum it up. Um, I went to Croom's Academy of IT Design for their teach-in, and I spoke a little bit about money for one of the classes. And I had a student really challenge me. And she said, she rose her hand and asked a question. She says, well, what can I do? My family is poor. There's no way I could do all the things you're talking about because we don't have any money. I don't have any money. My parents don't have any money. You know, they couldn't even drive me here. If it wasn't for the bus, I wouldn't be able to come here. You know, I, I have the school uh, food plan uh, that's free because my family is so poor. And I said, I totally understand what you're talking about. My family too was on public assistance uh, when we were you know, very early in the eighties. Um, and so I noticed her hand, uh, she had these nails and, and they, were, they were beautiful. And I said, can you raise your hand for me again? And she did. And I said, do you do your own nails or do you pay for them? And she says, oh no, I do my own nails. And so then I asked the rest of the ladies in the class, I said, how many of you guys pay to have your nails done? And pretty much 100% of them raised their hands. And so then I said, how many of you would be willing to pay her uh, instead of the people you're paying now to have your nails look as good as hers? And 100% of those young people, uh, young ladies raised their hand. And so then I said, well, congratulations. You now have a business doing nails. Uh, get back to me and let me know how that works. And she was stunned, right? She was stunned, right? And like, she, she couldn't even speak. Wow. She just kind of stared at me, right? And so then the class was over and I finished talking and I wiped the board. I shook the hand of the teacher for allowing me to speak. And I went out to the hallway and the young lady comes up to me. She gave me a hug and she said, thank me. She thanked me so much and she was crying because she had no idea that she had, check it out, talents, skills and abilities 
that somebody would be willing to pay for to help her earn more income. Wow. Now, if you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I would also add one other pillar, and that is you got to know who God is. So, number one, you got to get your faith together, find out who who God is and what God feels about you wherever you are with your faith, okay. you know, you got to get that in place. The other two is you got to get your education, what I call your triple E. You know, you got to get your education, exposure and experience because you can be educated but not exposed. And so when you meet people, places or things that are different, it, it freaks you out, right? You you don't know how to handle it. Um so you got to get your education, exposure and experience. And experience is just doing things and failing or doing things and succeeding, right? And the last piece is know thyself, know who you are, know your talent, skills, abilities, uh your personality types, your love languages, your apology languages, all that that makes up this person inside of you. Uh and then you you, you got that triangle and you're you're ready to go. My experience has been that each religion is having something that kind of yes. teaches that how the soul part of your life work. So Larry, one thing I want to mention that what I really 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 like about this interview and talking to you is the clarity you have about yourself mm. the things that you have done and then the clarity about your thought process the <laughs> way you speak the way you articulate things and uh, um the way you believe on them you know i i have to say this that um i've been really lucky uh that i got exposed to some great people along the way uh, on my path of getting here Well thank you so much Larry this this was amazing thank, thank you, you thank you thank you so much <laughs> Namaste sir take care Namaste. <laughs> I learned that too <laughs> And and I don't care who you are I'm going to just say this so you have a recording South Indian cooking is the best cooking on the planet whoever was the guy who created chana masala and rasam we need to find that guy and make him a statue make a statue for that guy <laughs> you mix you actually mix south indian and north indian chana masala is north it's north what rasam is uh, south south okay we'll take both then take both yeah. <laughs>